mountains are still being moved. Hello, and welcome to Raising the Standard with Pastor Owen Moody of the Richmond House of Prayer in Richmond, Kentucky. You're invited to join us each Monday, Wednesday, and Friday for an anointed full-length message from Pastor Moody. After the message, we'll be back to let you know how you can contact us. On this podcast, Pastor Moody brings us a message entitled, Turning the Key. His scripture text will be taken from the book of Revelation, chapter 3, verses 7 through 12. Here now, Pastor Moody. One of the churches of Asia Minor, most likely located in what we know as modern-day Turkey. The church at Philadelphia was addressed by Jesus with, just with commendation, no, no really criticism. Philadelphia was known as the loyal church, the loyal church, loyal to Christ. And, and to the angel, the, men, the pastor, the minister of the church of Philadelphia, write, These things saith he, this is Revelation chapter 3, verse 7, if you want to stand, I'm sorry. Revelation chapter 3, verse 7. To the angel of the church in Philadelphia, write, These things saith he that is holy, he that is true, he that has the key of David. He that opens and no man shutteth, he that shutteth and no man openeth. I know thy works, behold, I have set before thee an open door, and no man can shut it. Somebody say blessings. For thou hast a little strength, and hast kept my word, and hast not denied my name. Behold, I will make them of the synagogue of Satan, which say they are Jews. In other words, which say they're righteous, and they're not, but do lie. I'll make them to come and worship before thy feet. When I read that, I thought of the anointing on Joseph. He kept telling his father and his brothers, you're going to bow before me one day. They hated him. They tried to kill him, but they came and bowed before him. And to know that I have loved thee. Because you've kept the word of my patience, I also will keep you from the hour of temptation, which shall come upon the world to try them that dwelleth upon the earth. Behold, I come quickly. Hold thou fast which thou hast, that no man take thy crown. Him that overcometh will I make a pillar in the temple of my God, and he shall go no more out. And I will write upon him the name of my God, and the name of the city of my God, which is New Jerusalem. Let me translate. Here's your new address. New Jerusalem. You're going to live there forever. Hallelujah, which cometh down out of heaven from God, and I will write upon him my new name. I want you to notice that he said, I'm the one that has the key of David. I'm the one that opens the door and no man can shut it, shuts the door, no man can open it. I want to talk to you for a few minutes on the thought of turning the key, turning the key, unlocking the door of blessings and favor in your life. Father, thank you for the word of God. Thank you for the time in your presence already. God, this is nothing less. This is more. This is to add. Let your will be done. In Jesus' name, everybody said, amen. You can be seated. Hallelujah. When you talk about the key of David, it represents the authority the openness, the availability 
of the anointing, the power, the favor of God. David was a king, the second king of Israel, the king after God's own heart. The king that God loved gave him everything he ever wanted. He had blessing in his life. He had so much favor with God that even when he committed adultery, took a man's wife and had that man killed, backslid, grown cold on God, spoke his own judgment that he should die. Nathan the prophet said to him, God has put away your sin. David prayed in Psalm 51, a New Testament prayer. He said, blot out my transgressions. Wash me throughly. Make me clean. Take not your Holy Spirit away from me. Restore unto me the joy of thy salvation. He prayed a prayer that could only be prayed under the dispensation of grace, and yet God heard it. So the key of David, Jesus, was called the son of David. The idea of the key of David is the idea that throughout the Bible and in the life of David as well, there's always been this connection to Christ, always been this connection to grace, to mercy, to forgiveness. I've come to tell somebody today that there's forgiveness in this house today for you. There's mercy in this house for you. There's an open door that God wants to open up to you. Hallelujah. Thank you, Holy Ghost. Many that even are saved live under some cloud of guilt from something that's happened in the past before you were saved, perhaps something that you did after you were saved. You've repented. It's under the blood. You've been forgiven. If you've truly repented, it means you've turned your back on it. It's no longer a part of your life. You don't entertain the thought of it. You don't give in to it anymore. And if you have, God is saying, I have opened the door. There's a door in front of you. Jesus said, I am the door. If Jesus is the door, then faith is the key that opens that door. How do you turn the key? How do you unlock what God has to offer? I believe that Isaiah knew about this. Isaiah said in Isaiah 22 and 20, it shall come to pass that day I will call upon Eliakim, the son of Hilkiah. Let me translate that. He was a faithful priest. He was a servant prophet who was standing in the will of God when the rest of the nation, amen, was missing God. And he said, I'll clothe him with my robe, which is righteousness. Strengthen him with thy girdle, which is the anointing. I will commit thy government into his hand. He shall be a father of the inhabitants of Jerusalem and of the house of Judah. And the key of the house of David will I lay upon his shoulder so he shall open and none shall shut. He shall shut and none shall open. I want to tell you today, Jesus stood one day in the midst of Jerusalem, looked at the Pharisees, the scribes, the doctors of the law, and he said, Woe unto you lawyers, for you have taken away the key. You've taken away the key. I want to say it again. Jesus said, You've taken away the key. The key of knowledge, that's what the Lord said. You're entering not in yourselves, and them that were entering in, you've hindered. Well, I've come to remove the hindrance this morning. I've come to tell somebody there's a way to open the door. There's a way to turn the key. There's a way to get the favor. There's a way for God to rush in. Come on. Hallelujah. Yes. 
For if you will hear me, if you will hear this word, I, the Lord, have brought you to the place that the pain and the stain of the things in your life that have kept you from the glory that I intended for you shall be done away with. I will bring you deliverance this day, says the Lord. I will erase all the things that have clouded and shadowed the days of your lives so that my glory has not touched you. For I have purposed in you to demonstrate my goodness to all those that see you, says the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. So he speaks to this church in Revelation. He speaks to Isaiah. He speaks through Jesus. And Jesus criticizes spiritual leadership. He said because there's been a key all the time that would have unlocked the door to the storehouse. The storehouse of grace. The storehouse of mercy. Can I say it? The storehouse of healing. The storehouse of deliverance. The storehouse of abundance of provision for your life. There's been a key all the time that's not been turned. It's that key of faith. He told those leaders, he said, you've hindered men and women from coming in to the grace and the glory of God. I read something one time, I believe it was Spurgeon that said it, that it touched my life so greatly. He said, people have a misconception of the church. He said, they feel that the pulpit is a place, the only place in the church where the glory of God can come. They feel like it's the only place that ministry can take place. And Spurgeon said, yet the pulpit is the desk of the servant. It's the desk of the minister. The word minister means servant. It's the desk of the one that serves out the living bread that declares the truth. Amen. That will liberate and set the body free so that the body could minister. Amen. To the needs of the world. I've come to tell you today, we've tried to make the preacher the healer. We've tried to make the preacher the blesser. We've tried to make the preacher the provider. But I'm telling you, I'm just here to take you to the door and show you the key that's in the lock. And I've come to tell you how to turn it and open the door so that there's going to be a flood. There's going to be a breakthrough. I hear the rumblings of, of the sound of the abundance of rain. God's getting ready to set you free. Hallelujah. Glory, glory, glory. So he says to that loyal church, when I was praying, what I would do and say today, the Lord took me here. And it was just a few moments ago. Are you ready for this? Sitting in that seat in my spirit, he said, this is a loyal church. Hallelujah. I want to say that again. God said, this is a loyal church. That tells me God's looking on you with favor this morning. The devil's told you you're nothing, but God has said you're a loyal church. Hallelujah. Yay. Woo. 
Yeah, I'm feeling the Lord. The devil's told you the door couldn't be open to what you need. But God told me you're a loyal church. Yep, the devil said you'll never turn the key. But God said you're a loyal church. The devil said it'll never happen in their lives. But God said they're a loyal church. God said I'm getting ready. He said, I'm getting ready to reward a loyal church. Hallelujah. Come on, give him praise. Come on. Some of you saying, I ain't done that much. No, but you've held on. Some of you saying, I ain't been too involved, but you've held on. He said to Philadelphia, you've got a little strength. I say, if you've got a little strength, you ought to use it to get on your feet and begin to praise him because he's about to reward a loyal church. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Go ahead, praise him. Praise him. Take a praise break. Hallelujah. Give him a saved, sanctified, appreciative, thankful shout of praise. Hallelujah. Woo! Woo! Hallelujah. Let, let, me, let me say, oh, a couple of things. Oh, go, go ahead. Hallelujah. Woo! Let me say a couple of things I felt the Lord put in my spirit to say. Number one, God told me to tell you on the other side of that door there's healing. And it's opening wide now. Get ready to get healed right now. The Bible said in Psalms 107 verse 20, he sent his word and healed them. I'm about to speak the word of healing from the word of God. Get ready to get healed right now. Hallelujah, hallelujah. In Exodus 15 and 26, he said, If thou diligently hearken to the voice of the Lord your God, will do that which is right in his sight, give ear to his commandments and keep all his statutes. I will put none of these diseases upon thee, which I have brought upon the Egyptians. For I am the Lord that healeth thee. I am the Lord that healeth thee. It's Jehovah Rapha. The tense of the verb healeth is the present continuous in the Hebrew. The present continuing. I want to say it again. I am the Lord that healeth thee presently, continuing to now. Somebody raise your hand. And if you need healing, just say the Lord is Jehovah Rapha. The Lord that's healing me now. In the name of Jesus, the Lord that healeth is healing thee. <laughs> Woo, glory to God. 
Isaiah said 53 and 5, he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him. And with his stripes, we are healed. Peter repeated it and said, who is self? 1 Peter 2, 24, bear our sins in his own body on that tree that we being dead to sin should live under righteousness. And then he said, by whose stripes? You were healed. Dave Caldwell said it before he died on a cross for your sin. He bled at the whipping post for your healing. You are healed. You were healed. Be healed in the name of Jesus. Every one of you now, be healed in the name of Jesus. Glory. Well, glory. Oh, let me go on. Let me say this now. Not only healing, but righteousness. Right standing with God. If you're saved and you know it, shout amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Well, righteousness means right standing. Justification means justified. Made as if you, just as if you'd never sinned. And I thought like this, the Son of God the Savior of the world, the sinless man, the offering for sin, went to the cross, bled and died, was buried, died for our sin, paid for it. Can you say amen? I wonder if there's anybody in here that likes to pay bills twice. Does anybody like to pay your electric bill twice? Does anybody like to pay the mortgage payment twice or the house or the car payment twice? Does anybody like to pay double for your insurance Oh, you're looking at me funny, but that's how we live. We act like we have to pay a debt that's already been paid. Are you hearing me? We act like the blood wasn't enough. We act like the sacrifice wasn't good enough. We all time trying to justify ourselves. But I'm telling you, I'm saved by grace, not by works, lest any man should boast. I was saved unto good works, but it was the blood of Calvary's cross that washed me clean. I appropriated every day by new and living faith. Well, Paul wrote and said, but the righteousness which is of faith speaks on this wise. Say not in your heart whose shall ascend to heaven. Who can go up and bring Christ back down from above? In other words, they want to kill him again. Or who can go into the deep? That is to say, bring Christ up out of the grave. They want to resurrect him again. But he said, what saith it? Here's how you turn the key. You speak it. Look at somebody and say, use your voice. Amen. The word is nigh thee, even in thy mouth and in thy heart, the word of faith which we preach. I tell the devil and I tell Owen and I remind God every day I'm blood washed I'm saved I'm sanctified when the enemy tempts me I say I'm saved when sin presents itself in front of me I just say I'm saved when somebody invites me to go somewhere I ain't supposed to go I don't even entertain it I just say I'm saved hallelujah to God when they want to criticize me cause I won't do what they 
do. I just say I'm saved. It's the word in my mouth. I confess I'm the child of God. I confess I'm healed. I confess I'm blessed. I confess I'm prosperous. I confess every need is met. I turn the key. Come on, somebody. You need to turn around and turn the key and tell two or three people, God just did it. I just got healed. I just got blessed. I just got my need met. I turned the key. Woo! Oh, now. Somebody say now. When you turn the key, when you agree with God, agreeing with Him is living righteous, keeping His commandments, testifying what He says, confessing your blessing. Hallelujah. Confessing your blessing. If Jody was to take a truckload of his money, he got buried out in the backyard in them coffee cans. Woo! You have to stand guard to be digging your yard up now. I can see him out there with metal detectors. And take it to the Chase Bank and say, I want to put this truckload of money, hallelujah, in Clyde Wimmer's account. Hallelujah. Woo! And Clyde mm, never opened his bank statement. (laughs) And read the bottom line. I'm about to have me a spell. (laughs) If you never open the account and say, oh, a deposit has been made. Well, it says I'm saved. Look at that. It says with his stripes, I was healed. Cancer can't get me. Tim, cancer can't get me. Hallelujah. Heart disease can't get me. Oh, is anybody hear me? It says I'm healed. Wait, 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 wait. Look right there. It says I'm, I'm blessed. It says God will supply all of my needs according to his riches and glory. Well, just look what I just found in my account. Oh, glory to God. He said he'd give me the desires of my heart, everything I want. Somebody said, you ought not pray like that. You pray how you want to. I'm just going to read my account and see what I got on the book. Hallelujah. I'm going to spend it. The account. Now, one of the old timers used to say, the old account was settled long ago. He paid it all. He made the deposit. If I'm not saved and healed and spirit-filled and favored and blessed, then this is a lie. 
Clyde, if you don't ever look at your bank account and find out that all of Jody's money is in your account, you might be out here picking up pop cans trying to buy some gas. Come on now, somebody. He's delivered us from the weak and beggarly elements of the world. Tell somebody, I'm a child of God. I've got everything that Jesus wants to give me. Sometimes you've just got to turn the key. I read something the other day that went with this, and I just sort of laughed when I read it. And a preacher told the story of pastoring in Texas and in a poor, desolate area. And said God was moving and things were happening. And this was back years, I guess, in the Depression years, and there was no money. And said, or hard times, whenever it was. I, I, but anyway, the preacher said that there's one old man in that church, and God spoke to him, said, I'm going to make his church rich. So I'm going to make this congregation rich. I'm going to, I'm going to flood money into their lives. He started telling people nobody believed him, but he had read the account. There'd been a deposit made. And one day that old rancher that had an old scrub ranch, didn't grow nothing much but tumbleweeds and a few skinny cows. Was out there trying to scratch out a living and a man rode up in a big shiny black car. Stepped out of that with his suit on and his shiny shoes. and Said, excuse me, sir, but said, I'm from Exxon Oil. And I'm their geologist, and we have did a survey of this area. And it just seems that under this ranch may be one of the biggest oil deposits that we've ever found. And overnight, that man was a multimillionaire. And that church became wealthy. And everybody in that place, he made them rich because of what God had said. And hence, a person could be a millionaire and not know it till somebody comes with the word. What you're living on. You got to understand, I'm the man stepping out of that black car this morning. <laughs> Woo! Yeah! Yeah! Oh! I've come to tell you, God's going to give it to you. I've come to tell you, God said you're His. God said you're saved. God said you're blessed. God said it's coming. God said just turn the key. Lock the door. Lest you think I've lost my mind. The master, locksmith, the one who holds the key of David, the one who unlocks the door, the one who said in Revelation, his name was Jesus. It's been red print. If that don't convince you, I don't know what will. When I unlock the door, nobody can lock it. He said, 
these signs will follow them that believe in my name. How many has got signs following you? If you ain't careful, you'll run around trying to chase something. Let it get after you. In the Old Testament, he said, my blessings will overtake you. I remember years ago, Morris Sorello was preaching about God's blessings overtaking people. Morris was kind of, I started to say chubby, but he was just fat. <laughs> At that time, he was fat. He had a little fella come up on the stage, and he is, I started to say slim, but he is skinny. And Morris said, I used him because he's skinny to represent the way most people are living. They're starving. And he said, I use me because I'm fat. And I represent the blessings of God. And he said, God's blessings overtake you. And he told that young man, he said, I want you to walk across this platform. And while he was walking, Morris run and jumped on his back. <laughs> Throwed his arms around his neck, threw his legs around his waist. And this little fellow's walking around like this. <laughs> and that place went wild because they understood the blessing of God's more than you can handle. The mess with the blessing of God is too much. God's about ready to run and jump on somebody's back with a load. Don't you listen to that old stinking thinking devil that'll say to you, well, he's just preaching. I've heard it all before. Nothing ever happens in my life. It's because you got brain damage. The devil has messed up your, your mind. Don't be conformed to the world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Pick up the promises, put them in your heart, speak the word over your finances. Speak the word over your health. Speak the word over your children. Turn the key. Get ready to be blessed. These signs shall follow. They speak with new tongues. They cast out devils. Everybody's worried about devils. That's what I say about a devil. You know what I'm going to do with a devil? I'm going to cast him out. I'm going to bind him in chains. I'm going to cast him into outer darkness. I'm going to take authority over him. I'm going to shout Jesus at him. That's like shouting boo at him. Can you say amen? Cast out devils. Speak with tongues. Take up serpents. If they drink any deadly thing, it will not hurt them. Paul was on that Isle of Melita and putting wood in the fire and the snake come up and he bit him. They said, oh, it's a poisonous viper. They said, he's a criminal trying to escape justice. He's going to die. Isn't that just like the world? His snake bit preacher. Hallelujah. You know what the snake bit preacher did? Shook it off in the fire. Get off me, you stinking devil. Get off me. And they watched him. They said, watch me, boy. He's going to swell up and die. Let me tell you something. I've been in this 35 years. You will get bit every now and then. The secret is not to swell up. People going to bite you. 
I was carrying on out there this morning, that's something, and Dave Caldwell kind of let the air out of my balloon. I remember what we were saying. We were just cutting up, and I said, see, I told you. There are two kind of people in the church. There's puffers and poppers. <laughs> There's always people going to puff you up. Preacher, that was the best message I ever heard. Before you get out the door, somebody go. <laughs> you serve God, you will get bit. You'll wake up with pain one morning when you know you're healed. You'll get a pink slip at the job when you know you're highly favored. Your kids will go crazy for a season when you know you raised them right. The idea is not to swell up. Don't let the venom affect you. Don't swell up with worry. Don't swell up with anger. Don't swell up with bitterness. Don't swell up with resentment. Don't come on. I'll keep going till I get you. Don't swell up with doubt. Don't swell up with unbelief. Don't swell up with negative confessions. Don't swell up with the junk of the world. But shake it off in the fire and just go on preaching and living for God. So then when they saw he didn't die, they fell down and started worshiping him. He said, get up. I ain't no God. I'm just a man here representing God. So then they went and got a, was it the ruler's wife? And they brought him to Paul and she is dying or one of them was dying. It may have been him, both of them. I don't know if one of them died. I ain't, it's, like, it's been a little while since I read it. And Paul went in and snake bit and all. And you know, a lot, most people, if they got snake bit, they'd be running around hard. Oh God, I'm going to die. It's over. I'm done. They repossessed my car. It's over. <laughs> they talk bad to me on the job. I'm quitting. I'm never serving God again. Oh, here's a good one. I went to church. They didn't let me sing. I'm done. <laughs> I went to church Sunday morning. I wanted to preach. And Brother Moody didn't let me. I'm never going back. Silliness. Now Paul did. He walked in, healed those people, and then the Bible said everybody in town that was sick and bound with devils, they brought them all, and he healed every one of them. And so I said, "Now wait a minute. Paul didn't heal them. That's what your Bible says." He said he laid hands on them and healed them. Now I know God did it, but He used a man. It was the man that turned the key by laying on hands and speaking the word, saying, come out of there, you devil. Get off there, you disease. Get out of here, you sickness. I said something the other night. I said, Jesus never done nothing by thinking about it. He always said it. He never thought a miracle into existence. He spoke it. In fact, the business, God didn't even think the world into existence. He spoke it into existence. The key is your voice saying what God says. By your words, you're condemned. By your words, you're justified. The word spoken from you that is the word of God is spirit and life. I got to close. If y'all want to come on to the music, Nick, I'm, I'm done. Just, just a moment. Now, in Acts chapter 8, Philip preached a revival in Samaria. And the apostles heard that Samaria had received the word of God. They sent unto them Peter and John, when they came down, prayed for them that they might receive the Holy Ghost. For he had yet had not fallen on any of them, they only they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. Then, somebody say then, laid they their hands on them, 
And they received the Holy Ghost. In Acts 13, there were certain disciples there, names them. The Bible said, as they ministered, served, worshiped the Lord, and fasted. The Holy Ghost said, separate to me Barnabas and Saul for the work that I've called them. When they'd fasted and prayed, they laid their hands on them and sent them away. I'm telling you, we're at a, we're at a juncture right now where we can turn the key. We can walk out of here and let things be like they've always been. Or we can step up to the occasion and say, I'm going to begin to turn the key that's got this door open in my life. I'm going to say what God says. I'm going to claim what God's promised. I'm going to agree with God. I'm going to, I'm going to cast out devils. I'm going to rebuke foul spirits. I'm going to take authority over diseases and sicknesses and messes that's been in my life for years. I'm going to begin to command them to get out because God gave me the authority to do it. I'm going to turn the key. Hallelujah. Now this, I've not preached no hocus pocus, you know, Throw smoke up in the air, dust in the air, junk. I've just said everything I've said is what the Word of God says. The Word of faith is nigh thee. It's in your mouth. You have to believe and confess, according to Romans 10, 9 and 10, to even get saved. You don't shake somebody's hand, sign a card, and think good thoughts and, and feel fuzzy feelings. You have to truly repent, turn away from your life of sin, confess Christ as Lord, and accept the finished work of the cross, and receive it by faith, and then you're saved when you confess that can you say amen and it's the same thing with healing it's the same thing with prosperity it's the same thing dear God with peace of mind it's the same thing with a good marital relationship am I doing all right am I preaching pretty good right now it's the same thing with the relationship with your parents and your children and your siblings I know some of you got family members that are heathens I got them too I think they all joined the same club Instead of fretting it, start speaking God's word over them. It'll change them. It'll change them. God's here today to change things. He's done it. Tell somebody he's done it. Turn around and look at somebody and say, he's done it. Bless God, he's done it. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. I want you to stand. Set our hearts on you, Lord, come and We hope you enjoyed today's message and will tune in again next time. Raising the Standard is the media ministry of the Richmond House of Prayer in Richmond, Kentucky. For more information on the various outreaches and ministries of the Richmond House of Prayer, please visit our website at www.rhop.life. Thanks for listening.